Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Dark and stormy nights, and the two podcasters were recording in a dark and not stormy because it's in. Okay, now we are back again. Oh, my dark and stormy night. Yes, in South London, where the vampires live. That is right, the room, it is dark, and my heart and soul, it is dark as well. I pray to the dark god, Cthulhu, to make sure the recording didn't stop again. But so far, it is fine, because I have sacrificed one small child to the podcasting gods. Yes! Spooky podcast. Okay, I'm gonna need some clarity. Um, first, I'm gonna need some clarity. Well, I'm gonna need some clarity for me, and then I'm gonna need some clarity for our audience. Which would you like to do first? Ah, uh, let us first go for the audience. Okay, so so why are you doing this spooky voice, and why are you alluding to the fact that we are indeed recording in darkness? Because the spooky voice is to convey the fact that we are recording in a dark room. Yes, we are. We are indeed. I'm. I'm currently staring at Alexander, bathed in computer light and computer light alone. Um, it's making for a very strange vibe. Uh, but you know, it's it's like we're recording the podcast like the Victorians exactly. <laughs> by by screen light or candlelight. Um, and also for my clarity, so obviously you you started saying, and we're back. The stuff before that is it recorded? Is it going to be in the podcast? It's still going to be in the podcast. There so, was just a stop in there between. Was a, there was a stop. Okay, so. That's really a note for me as an editor. I'm going to have to go in and put, put a little bleep noise, but that's fine. I just needed to know that. And also that the start of this podcast isn't going to be, and we're back, because that would make no sense to anyone. I mean, very little of this is making any sense to anyone anyway, so I probably feel like I need to ground us back a little bit with, hello, and welcome to Hanks Bank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon, and with the as we always bathed in computer light is Alexander Gillespie. How are you doing today, Alexander? Gillespie? I'm having a migraine, so during this I may have my eyes closed. That doesn't make a difference for the listeners, but it will for you. See? Okay, so you are willing to say that you're having a migraine. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, because yeah. when I asked you, could you please provide clarity for our yes. members of why we're no. recording no, 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 in darkness, no, 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 no. you didn't do that, and I thought, oh, I, oh yeah. shit, maybe Al doesn't want to talk about the fact he's having a migraine, no, no, so no. I'll just avoid that, and it'll be really weird for our audience, but no, you were just being very unhelpful. You no, know, no, yes. Uh, look, my uh, the migraines, they affect my abilities of speech, but clearly so far I am very locutious and very eloquent, so it is all fine. And, <laughs> Despite the uh, character you're putting uh, on. Oh, no, of course. Of course, sometimes it affects the mood as well. So if halfway through I tell you that you need to go die, 
Jane will know why. Uh, but you know, but to be fair, that, that won't be out of that won't no, be out of place for this show. That's so. completely in character of the show. So of course we will power through in the darkness for this spookiest of Tom Hanks films, our dear listeners. Yes, this is the podcast where we review spooky Tom Hanks films in the lead up to Halloween. Hankween. Hankween. So yeah, we're doing that thing you do this week and it's not spooky at all. It's actually very wholesome and happy. But yeah, let's, uh, let's go with that. I think all the way through, I'm going to point out the spooky elements of this film, okay. Jamie. Uh, okay, thank it. you for establishing a bit for this podcast. Yeah, I, felt, yeah. I felt we were going to struggle to create entertaining oh, content uh, for this film. So, Guys, it is about the most terrifying of all things in the world. Early success that you'll never live up to. <laughs> Oh, Al, you're firing far too quickly into this podcast. But we don't we don't get into the actual film that quickly. Of course, oh, we, 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 we banter and talk gosh. about our weeks. Oh, and we also oh. do about 10 minutes on how the aliens are invaded and they need us to prove our worth. Spooky join the United aliens, States. Huh? Spooky aliens, oh, I mean, really, this has been a Halloween theme podcast all along. I mean, yeah, with the scary yeah, aliens. Yeah. Although, generally, that's more sci-fi than horror. I don't even think there's many horror well, films. Well, here's the thing. People dress up as aliens for Halloween. And, you know, the, the idea of an alien... Do rip- they? Yeah, sometimes. And now the idea of uh, aliens rectally probing you could be <laughs> horrific or it could be enjoyable, depending on, you know, which way you float. But I don't think that many people dress up as aliens for Halloween. Uh, I don't think that's a classical Halloween you to a little classic of American TV known as Modern Family. The series, I believe, is episode, series uh, five, maybe series six. Uh, Jay and Halloween, uh, Jay and Gloria, pardon me, go to a Halloween party at Mitch and Cam's house. Jay is dressed as Evil Knievel. Someone makes the joke that he is evil, many evil, uh, many evil Knievel, and Gloria dresses as an alien. Someone makes a joke that she is a, an, dressing as an illegal alien, and she points out this is very racist. But there you go. In pop culture, occasionally people dress as aliens. More importantly, Jamie, how does the horror play into this? Well, uh, of course, yes. Well, aliens have invaded and they uh, need us to prove our worth and to join the United States of space. Ooh. Because Flomatron 8, a planet out in the nebula, uh, has decided to leave uh, in a process called Flexit. Ah, the horror. Uh, and we need to, we are, we are bidding to replace them. But yeah. Flexit's taking a little bit of time. It may, uh, due to recent events, maybe taking even longer. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, and so we've got a little bit of time. We said we want to prove our words to them, show them uh, by showing them our greatest human. We decided our greatest human is Tom Hanks, but we can't show them all of his works because most of them are shit. So we're going through and reviewing all of his films one by one, deciding whether they go in the Hanks bank, the collection of movies and TV shows that we're going to show to the aliens to prove our words to them in the United States of space. Is it a scary bank? Are there creepy chains in there and shit? Aren't all banks scary? Uh, When was the last time you checked your bank account? That's the most horrifying Uh, thing I ever do. Um, Yeah, so that's what we do. Uh, Of course, before we start talking about the film, we do a little bit of historical context. We do a little bit of uh, film context. This year, we uh, this week, whatever year, month, hour, day, we are this this spooky night. We are reviewing that thing you do. Notably, uh, Tom Hanks's writing and and directing and 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 feature film. Debut. debut feature v- v- uh, writing and directorial feature film debut he's obviously uh, as we know directed a few uh, yes. anthology tv shows in the past but this is his first feature film which he also wrote uh, that is 
essentially just a pastiche of the Beatles. That's all you really need to know as we go through uh, and give you a little bit of context of the year it was released and the film itself. I'm tasked with my historical context this week. We had a bit of a controversial um, context from me last week. It caused a little bit of tension. So I'm going to try a little bit, be a little bit more fun. I had, I had a uh, friend's thoughts from a yep. uh, uh, listener of the show, Andrew Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, you had a what? Uh, Fred Sports. Fred Sports. Sports. Sorry, I know you have a migraine. I've realised that it's probably very bad to you. you uh, like who, who pointed out that he, he liked the arguing, right, which is the, maybe the first time I've ever heard that, so thank you very much, Andrew, and that he felt it made us uh, sound like the Ricky Gervais podcast. Uh, <laughs> of the two of us, which did you think he was more, he <laughs> described as the Ricky and which as the Stephen Merchant? Oh, I think I'm definitely coming in as the road Carl Pilkington. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm almost certainly Ricky Gervais. No, you said I'm oh, Ricky really? Gervais because oh. I was mean and cackled at you. Oh yes, I guess last week last you week definitely was, you last week you I definitely assume were assuming the Ricky Gervais. Well, I would say generally in life, not that I'm proud of it, I'm definitely more of a Ricky Gervais energy. Um, I also had a Fritz Fortz, uh from uh, from my dear girlfriend who just messaged me afterwards to say, "Are you and Al okay?" <laughs> <laughs> so clearly a bit of tension last week. So I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it a little bit more brief for you this week and a little bit more fun and we spooky st- and spooky of course what's more spooky than cloning Ooh. Donny the sheep was the first um organism cloned from a you know whatever the everyone horror. knows, everyone knows the what Donny the sheep horror. was however on the website that I saw this uh, on um it said named after busty singer Dolly Parton and I thought that's a, that's, that's a bit of a rude way to, to characterise uh, Dolly Parton. But it then went on to say, named after busty singer Dolly Parton because the sheep cell came from a mammary gland cell. So that is quite literally why it is called Dolly because of Dolly Parton's tits. Do you want to know where the corpse of Dolly the sheep lies? Somewhere in Scotland, I assume? The Edinburgh Science Mu- Natural History Museum. <laughs> or maybe Museum of There's Science. There's nothing scary about it's education, Alexander. But um, it's a corpse of a sheep. Did Dolly ever kill a man? No. Disappointing! <laughs> um, you know what's even more scary than that, Alexander? Is it a sheep with a gun? No, divorce. No! <laughs> the horror um, of many a child. Yep, yeah, uh, it was uh, it was a bad year for the royals. Uh, there were two royal divorces in 1996. Alexander, can you name the, the the two divorces? I assume you can name one of them. Did this film come out in 1996 or 1997? It came out in 1996. I have a release date saying the 24th of January, 97. I'm going to guess that is UK release, which we know is much later. Probably. uh, um, Oh, my my God. No, you are correct. It came out most places in the world in January, 97, but in the United States on the 4th of October, 96. Yes. Apologies. Yes. Uh, Even earlier. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever I'm doing. 96, leave me alone, fuck off. <laughs> but oh, yes, correct. Um, uh, so, yes, uh, bad year for the Royals, two royal divorces. Can you name those royal divorces? Fergie? Nope. Uh, okay, okay. Wait, let's... Fergie? Okay. Fergie let's... might have been born okay. in 96. No, Fergie? Not Fergie, 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 but Fergie's in the Duchess. I mean, okay, she's not, not 96, but she's, de- she's definitely not old enough in 96 to get divorced. Jamie, you know in the classic TV show Friends in the episode where they go to London? Oh, fuck! Oh, shit, no, you're right, it is for... What? 
Wait, sorry. What? No. Diana and yes, Di- yeah, Diana and Diana and Charles. Yeah, Diana and Charles, Charles. is one of them. Um, <laughs> it's Fergie, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's Fergie. Wait, whoa. Okay. How old do you think Fergie is? She has two children who are like thirty. Okay, yes, no, no, you're correct. However. I did not know that Fergie is called Sarah Duchess of York. So yes. I looked at it was Prince Andrew and Sarah <laughs> Duchess of York, York and did not make the association at all that that person is Fergie. So yes, it was Fergie. I apologise for, for just telling you you were wrong. Um, I'm a big dum-dum. I apologise. Um, the horror of realising your own mistakes. <laughs> um, you know what's also uh, scary? Um, um, divorced sheep with guns. No. Death. Ah! Tupac died in 1996. Or did he? It was actually a big year for um, books that would eventually go on to be adapted into films or TV shows. Uh, A Game of Thrones, Bridget Jones' Diary, Fight Club, and The Green Mile were all released in 1996. The The Green Mile? Obviously, which Tom Hanks ends up starring in in the film adaptation just a few years later. A very spooky film. Okay, at some point I do just need to get through this information. Uh, If you were at the cinema this year, other than watching that thing you do, you may have watched uh, Jerry Maguire, Fargo, Mission Impossible, Independence Day, Scream, that's a horror film. Um, train spotting, that's horrific Ooh, at points. The um, horrors of heroin usage. Exactly. Uh, 101 Dalmatians, The Nutty Professor, and Space Jam all came ah. out in this year. Quite a good year for films. Um, the biggest song of the year was Don't Speak by No Doubt. Do you know the song? Don't, Don't speak. I know what you're thinking. Oh, yes, yes. Nah, nah, nah. That one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, take that. Split up in 1996. Oh, Very sad. My favourite thing about this was one the Wikipedia article I was looking at, which was, uh, was I looked at various different sources. Of course, I don't just use Wikipedia as my oh, source. Of course, of course, of course. not. Um, I, I but, would never do that. But this one was um, 1996 in the United Kingdom, and as one of the main things in the opening paragraph, it had uh, take that split up, and it had afterwards a little tag which I have never seen on <laughs> Wikipedia before, which was importance question mark which if you highlight over says the material preceding this tag may lack sufficient importance which was unnecessary shade on take that breaking up that was a a very they were the most successful british band in the 90s alexander i also looked no more successful than them according to the one source i read sure Um, uh, the euros were hosted in england uh, which brought us the seminal classic song it's coming exactly three lines open brackets football's coming home which of course became uh, hugely hugely popular again uh, last year during the world Uh, cup uh, you know uh, famous for making europeans hate us yes yes but uh, but you know what we in don't give a shit (laughs) to all Um, our european listeners we'll be leaving you shortly uh France, you may remember uh, maybe a few episodes ago, uh, I said that Jacques Chirac was um, uh, elected into office in 1995 and immediately restarted France's nuclear testing program. Yes. In 1996, he stopped the France nuclear testing program after an international outrage. And it was the last time that France did any nuclear testing. Uh, The 1996 was also an Olympic year. Can you name what city the Olympics was held in Uh, that year? L.A. No. Uh, Close. Uh, in that it is an American city. It's not Salt Lake. Atlanta? It was indeed Atlanta. Uh, home of a uh, dear flatmate of mine, Miles Peter Hurley. Um, also, IBM created the computer Deep Blue. Are you able to tell me what, the, what, this, what monumentous thing this computer achieved? 
it could beat people at chess. It did indeed. It could, do you know who it beat at chess? Grandmaster. It was the 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 the, the, the world champion, champion, the world champion of chess at the time. Grandmaster Funky Funk. Nope, Grandmaster Gary Kasparov. But yes, IBM Creator Deep Blue, well done. You're doing very well on my impromptu 1996 quiz here, Alexander. Uh, and Rupert Murdoch founds Fox News is my, uh, is my penultimate uh, piece of, uh, uh, of uh, historical context for 1996. Because, of course, uh, a few episodes ago, uh, dear... Well... <coughs> Many episodes ago, if we remember, dear, the dear year of 1993, mm-hmm. I made an entire bit about it being my birth year. Aww. Not wanting to be left out, dear listener of the podcast and dear friend of the podcast, Becca Schwartz, who I would like to say also sent in a Fritz Fort this week to be horrified that you did not put Toy Story into your hangs bank, saying that she was actively shocked. Uh, but she also wrote in to say that she wanted her birth year celebrated uh, the following year in 1994. We did not have any listeners write in to say uh, that they wanted that they were born in 1995. But we have had a dear listener write in to say that they want their birth year celebrated for 1996. I believe... The uh, illustrator of the show. Nope. Next year. That's next year. That's Good. next year. That is 1997. Hooray. <laughs> nope. Uh, it no is, shout out yet. You get your um, shout out next You have one other guest. We have, oh, let's say, one other fan of this podcast. <laughs> Who do you think it is? Uh, in 19... 1996. How old's Becca? Becca's 94. She's a year younger than me. Year oh, old. Right, yeah. right, right. Wait. Uh... Ellen? It is indeed my girlfriend, Ellen White. Shit. <laughs> uh, constantly uh, giving me more and more content for this podcast, for which I am very, very grateful. And I, I do not want it thought. I do not want it thought, Alexander, that, that I may be bringing this up because I'm dating someone three years younger than me. You know, I don't want to brag. <laughs> you know, I don't want to brag about the No, I was going to say something way more disgusting. Yeah. But she listened to this, so I'm going to cut myself off. Um, yeah, so that is my historical context in 1996, Alexander. Uh, was it shorter and more entertaining and to your content? Yes. I, I don't you think it was that eight, much shorter to me. eight when 9-11 happened. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? So she was five. Yeah, well done. Did that mean I was seven when 9-11 happened? No. No, it wasn't seven yet. Six. So you would have been... I mean, I I know it's our spooky episode, Alexander. Let's try not to press our audience. No, no, no. This is is not a joke. It is just a thing which I think people of our age orientate people to their age, depending on can you remember 9-11 or not. And I don't. Maybe a kid at five, but I don't think a five-year-old in school. No, I mean, I mean, I'll I'll check in with my girlfriend. When, yeah. You know what? I'll message her right now. Do you remember nine eleven? And I'll check back in before the end of the show. While I'm doing that, Alexander, can you please give me a little bit more context about that thing you do? Obviously, we've already given a little bit of a plot breakdown. Uh-huh. It's essentially uh-huh. a pastiche of the Beatles, a similar rise to fame story of a young yeah. uh, young pop band. Look, for a film which is uh, Tom Hanks' uh, film directorial debut, there are very few fun stories about this movie but let me first set the scene there's a young man one thomas jeffrey colin hanks he's on a press junket that's right his middle name's colin no uh, uh, I was gonna, his, his, his son is called colin yeah. that's why i was thinking it'd be a nice nice little, I mean, yeah, yeah. Totally think so uh he's on a press junket for a little known movie called uh forrest gump and while in the mind-numbing state that is learning, uh, uh, that is going through, answering the same questions again and again and again. His middle name is Jeffrey. No, I was Thomas Jeffrey Hanks, but not Hanks. Colin. Um, 
That was a good guess. Uh, this man, he writes the script for this. He, which he, I think you can sort of see, sort of about the kind of uh, fame. It sort of rise. It's it's uh, the inevitable fall. Um, he claims I could have read in one unverified source that uh, it was sort of at an interesting time in his life when uh, he was sort of learning to grapple with what is uh, definitely the height of his fame. Yes, absolutely. That is very much the high point of it. And he goes to the studio and says, "Hey." Uh, let me make this movie, and they go, yeah, because you're Tom Hanks in the 90s, and we want to keep you sweet, um, which is entirely fair. The film uh, stars Hanks uh, alongside some interesting... Uh, I, would, I would say stars, he's, he's definitely he's not a, a, he's not he's, he's de- definitely a secondary character behind, yeah. so he plays the band's uh, manager. manager yeah. who else, so, who else is in this film? Uh, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler, uh, Most absolutely. famous as the daughter of that guy from uh, Aerosmith. Yes, um, the song uh, "Don't Want to Close My Eyes" was written about it. Ah, um, um, she's also famous for being Liv Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's also true. Fair. Uh, Charlize Theron in yes. this movie. Yes, do you know? Um, keep going. Uh, Tom Everett Scott. I think he's been in other things. I can't really remember what those are. And then outside of that, not like a whole load of uh, super main people, except. For one dear friend of ours, and ladies and gentlemen, this is probably the last oh. fun fact of this. Uh, who comes back in this movie? But Peter Scarry. Um, yeah, so anyone who, any dear old listeners who remember our second episode, uh, Peter Scolari was his co-star in... Um, Bosom Buddies, he also brought him back uh, for Fallen Angels, the uh, show he directed, and he's brought him back again for a uh, small, small, small role uh, in this, which I think is really sweet. It's really cute that he keeps bringing him back, like this guy yeah, who's clearly, he's mates. clearly mates, brings him back. Um, there's a couple other notable uh, people. Brian Cranston yeah, plays, Brian a, plays, plays a very minor role uh, in this. He plays uh, an astronaut who yes. is interviewed before they go on TV. Rita Wilson is in this Rita as Wilson. well as uh, Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks. Yeah, so his wife and his uh, son are both in this. Um, any fans of Friends will very deeply recognise uh, two of the main characters in this. The uh, main guitarist plays Phoebe's yes, brother. No, the main guitarist plays Phoebe's husband in one episode. The husband from an earlier life yes, who yeah. uh, needs to get a divorce, um, and the drummer. Uh, for whom our main uh, character replaces because he gets injured is Phoebe's brother. Um, so yeah, there's an interesting uh, couple of friend stars in this. As you say, other than that, no one hugely notable. Paul Feig is in this. Yes, Paul Feig is in this. Yes. Um, yeah. Weird. The uh, film uh, on a budget of 26 million grossed worldwide 34 million. So that's not a success uh, in traditional standards. It didn't necessarily flop, but it's not. It didn't do well. Um, you look uh, I, I'm double checking that. I, that sounds very high for its budget. I think that might be domestic. Um, no, uh, twenty-six million was was this budget. Twenty-six million was its budget. At least according to IMDb, it made yeah, um, damn. Uh, six million dollars in its opening weekend, and overall made uh, thirty-four million with twenty-five million in the US. And to me, a lot in Italy as well. Made a profit. Um, it made a profit, but not a huge one. It wouldn't. It would be kind of low. Uh, I'm sure they weren't too happy, and maybe this is why we don't see... Um, sorry, sorry, I have to pause you there for breaking news. Um, Ellen White does indeed remember 9-11. Okay, good, good, good news. <laughs> she knows what 9 which is. Which is lovely for Alyssa to be coming through right as I'm saying that with no context at all. Well, fortunately for you, Alyssa, you'll understand why I said that in 14 weeks' time when you finally listen to this episode. Six weeks, 
behind. <laughs> um, do you have anything more uh, fun for me about this film before uh, we crack into it? The cast did a reunion recently where they played uh, the music. The song was nominated for an Academy Award. Yes, it was a minor hit in its own right. Uh, it wasn't a kind of you know, number one worldwide, uh, but it did, I think, reach number like 49 on the charts, which is pretty good. Higher in the UK, I think it got to like 26 or something in the UK. Uh, was written by uh, Fountains of Wayne frontman. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's quite catchy. Fountains of Wayne, what, who, what will I know them I from? Think I think Fountains of Wayne is Stacey's mom. Yes, yes they are. Yeah. Yes they are. <laughs> and you know, it has that like, nice poppy rocky vibe, yeah. and it's a good time. Uh, and those are the main fun facts. Yes, um, I think the other thing which we'll uh, sort of touch on briefly as we go through, uh, there's actually an extended cut of this, which is 40 minutes longer. It's, yeah. it's, so the uh, film, we, the version we watched is uh, about an hour and 40 minutes. There is a um, director's cut that I think is maybe even almost 50 minutes longer. It's about two and a half hours uh, that was only released in 2007. Uh, and is called the Tom Hanks Extended Cut uh, and makes a lot of changes, which I think I'll... Uh, I have not seen the Extended sure. Cut, but uh, I read a little bit about it and I'll sort of touch on that sure. when we uh, come to the end. The only other fun thing is, uh, in the film, uh, the, the band say, uh, signed to label uh, Playtone. Uh, Playtone goes on to be the name of Tom Hanks' production company. Oh, so cute. films like Mum were produced by Playtone. Ah, cute. Yes. Let's um, go into the horror of this <laughs> film. Uh, so we've got uh, our leading man. Uh, he, is, uh, he is a drummer. Cool he's not, he's guy. Not, not the lead guy. Thank you. I was blanking on his name. Uh, we have Guy. He works uh, in an appliance store. The horror. Uh, his family... <laughs> His family appliance store. Uh, he seems a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. You know, he's enjoying himself. And he's then he's oblivious to his reality, working a mundane existence. Uh, he is. Right. He is. I believe they are supposed to be high school students, right? I don't think so, because later on he references having served in, been stationed over in Germany. So I think potentially he's uh, college just students? before, just a little bit older than. I think he's probably. Went to go serve at 18, maybe having done a service coming back about 21. 21. They're, they're definitely young. They're young. They haven't gone to college uh, because in the film they reference people going to college. But I believe he, this guy has served in some, you know, he's, he's been stationed over in Germany, definitely, but not Berlin. Cool. So um, 20, 21. Yeah, they're young. Uh, and uh, he's got his friends there in a band uh, like, hey, do you want to come along tonight? Sure. And he's like, yeah, maybe. Um, it's established. He's a drummer. He yeah. likes his drumming. The original drummer uh, tries to hopscotch over a uh, kind of uh, uh, the money machine, the, where you uh, coins and the, the parking meter. Parking meter. There um, you go. And Fails. Breaks his arm. Breaks his arm. Uh, Liv Tyler trying to figure out a name for the band. They kind of uh, throw out some like the Herdsman, dumb name for a band. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, guy learns the song really quick. He's, he's a wait, 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 we did. We did not get that. Guy breaks his arm. The okay. drummer breaks his arm. They go to him and say, "Hey, can you help us out? We're doing a talent show sure. at a local school tonight. We just need you for this one night." He's broken his arm. Can you please come sure. along? He goes. Sure. Yeah, they get. He goes. Sure. He learns the song really, really quickly. He's clearly a way better. He's bored. He's like way better a musician. He doesn't like the song very much. It's that thing you do. He's singing along, but it's yeah. quite a slow song. It's a ballady song. Uh, it's written by uh, the lead who, singer yeah. uh, and. Um, Lead singer and rhythm guitarist. Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy. Uh, yes, lead singer and rhythm guitarist, Jimmy. We've then got our um, lead guitarist, uh, who has another name, and the bassist, who... Just known as the bassist. It literally has no name. It is TB, the, the bassist. bassist. Um, and yeah, they're trying to think of names uh, ahead of thing. And Jimmy comes up with the wonders. But like, instead of 
W-O-N, it's O-N-E, because like we're going to be number one. Like the Beatles, yeah. we're going to be number one, and we're the Wonders. And then he writes it down, and he goes, looks like the O'Neaters. No, no, it's the Wonders. Looks like the O'Neaters, though. Uh, and they go to uh, the talent show, and sure, sure enough, they are introduced as the Oneidas. Yeah. Uh, we see a few shots of the previous bands. There's like the weird, the weird um, ranking system, which is people clapping and then a pretty woman like doing her arm along a little uh, little yeah. arc, it's going like an good, meeting. great, fantastic, Spec- amazeballs. Yeah. Um, which is a bad way of, of judging any competition. No, uh, no. But there's a few people. There's like one one group that kind of gets okay, and then the Oneidas come out. And whoa, this is way too quick. What are you doing? Stop, guys, stop. No, stop doing it. It's fine. Tell you something. I want to hold your hand. Yeah, so um, it's, it's a very weird thing, which I'll come back to about this film, which is it's so clearly a Beatles pastiche. And there are many, many things about their story that is essentially the same as the Beatles, such as Pete, them having a new drummer, Pete yeah. Best, obviously, and, uh, oh, what's the guy even before Pete Best that uh, everyone forgets Peter the name Sutcliffe, of? Peter Sutcliffe, who's the original Pete, Yeah, Sutcliffe, um, and then Pete Best replaced uh, as a drummer. Um, in this, they have their drummer replaced. The name is obviously similar to the Beatles. But the Beatles exist in this universe. Yes. They're referenced many, many times. So it's very, it's a strange thing decision on the filmmaking side well, I, for me here's my thing I, I think it's fine if because they're clearly meant to be we'll chat about this later they're sort of passed off as a rip off of the Beatles yes. internally within the world like they are you know, the, the manager is making these guys look more and more like the Beatles I, I think they're whereas really they're just a one hit wonder um, but let's start skipping a bit far ahead um, interestingly sure uh, on that uh, playing, playing it faster yeah so they play it faster everyone goes wild they're absolutely loving it um, the Beatles song Please Please Me actually only hit number one it was recorded and then uh, was their first uh, number one and was sped up it was originally recorded as a ballad which uh, that thing you do is uh, was also intended to be uh, according to its writer and their lead uh, vocalist uh, but he plays it sped up and Everyone loves it. So another little little allusion to yeah. the Beatles there for you. So uh, at this point, they go off to uh, do a gig at an Italian place. Uh, uh, yeah, a little restaurant. One of the guys from the um, uh, from the talent show is mm. there, uh, and he's shouting at them, going, "Play that thing!" Because they're playing all their sad slow ballads that uh, that, that Jimmy loves, and he's like, "Play that thing you do. We want to fuck women." <laughs> He doesn't say that. I think he says we want to dance with you girls. Want, yeah, yeah. yeah, we can't but, dance to this crap. Yeah, we meet guy's girlfriend, uh, Charlize Theron. Who's, yes, so, uh, a lot more straight laced than maybe. Some yes, of the so cool we guys. also should have said that Liv Tyler is uh, Jimmy's Joy. Joy. Uh, joy. I want to say Joy. Um, no, Faye. 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 Yeah. Uh, and is Jimmy's girlfriend. Uh, so Faye is Jimmy's girlfriend, played by Liv Tyler. Charlize Theron is. Uh, is is portrayed as the, as a little bit of arm candy? Um, yeah, not, she's definitely she's she's much more of a kind of like nineteen fifties holdover, right? Like she's, yes, she's very boring. She's very uh, the pretty. The we should say that this film is set in the sixties. Yeah, 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 the closest thing I compare it to is imagine if uh, Betty Draper from uh, Mad Men was a teenager. It's very much <laughs> that kind of vibe. Yeah, um, look. So yeah, um, we're introduced to uh, her uh, at this gig. 
the gig yeah. goes well, yeah, they, goes people well, enjoy it. Uh, a guy, other than the fact that a uh, record weird, producer or, or manager a, a, or some a weird, dude. A weird guy from uh, who has an RV notices them at this point. Yes. The guys go off, they record uh, um, a very that, short LP. Uh, they record that thing you do with, as the A-side with, yeah, something with, a, with something as a B-side uh, using church. Guy's um, connection um, yeah. he, he knows a friend they like an it. uncle who yeah. records church stuff yeah. they um, record it in the church they ha- only record it in one take because that's all he can yeah. be bothered for and Comes Jimmy isn't particularly happy with this he's yeah. uh, he, the, the running theme of Jimmy's character is he's not happy he wants to, he's not happy that's the, the Jimmy's a dick who's not happy with anything uh, but he just wants more music and he wants good music and the, his music and he wants his music to be good um, but yeah, yeah. so uh, we go with an RV comes to them and says look you need a manager and what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you gigs I'm going to get you gigs out in Pittsburgh and more importantly I'm going to get you on the freaking radio man if I don't get you on the radio within 10 days you can tear up this contract and Jimmy's like I'm not really sure. It's my it's my music, and I don't know if I it's my art. I don't want to I don't want to give it up. And the the other one else is like, "Fuck you!" He's gonna make us play on the radio. Like, let's go get played on the radio. Yeah. And then they get played on the radio. There's a little fun sequence of uh, all of them like running around town trying to find each other. They go to his uh, guy's parents' radio uh, appliance store and like playing it on the radio there, and they're all freaking out because they're being played on the radio. And it's really cute. They continue to be uh, introduced as the Onidas yep. um, over they and over again. They go to the centre of all music, which is, of course, Pittsburgh. That's yep. right. They get on stage. Yeah, they're, they're there for a concert uh, in Pittsburgh. And uh, shit don't go well. Uh, they oh, have some no, technical it, difficulties. It uh, they haven't had set up for the music, and yep. they can't play, and everyone They get booed off stage. Yeah. So at this point, you know, it's looking, that's a bit of a tough moment for them. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, so our, our man with an RV goes to the guy and he goes, look. You need some Chinese food. Look, firstly, you need some Chinese food. Secondly, you can't let one bad audience at a fucking matinee let you down. Look, you're the, you're the king of this band. I'm going to take you to meet motherfucking Tom Hanks. That's right, ladies and Played gentlemen. Played by Mr. White. If you've seen the poster in which Tom Hanks' face is first and foremost and everyone else is behind him, for I guess because it's all the movie, uh, you would have not forgotten that Tom Hanks is in this film. Right. Mr. White, he's there. He's cool. Yep. He understands music. He's a businessman. Yep. A very legitimate yep. businessman. Very much uh, modelled after Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, the Not Jeffrey Epstein, but nope, Brian Epstein. Yeah. Brian Epstein. Not Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> not Je- yeah. not Tom Hanks. Jeffrey really Epstein. plays a Jeffrey Epstein guy. Um, yeah, Brian Epstein, uh, who is the Beatles manager, uh, very much modelled after him. Uh, and he's he's doing all the talk. Look, I'm going to... He, he's not from New York, but I'm going to hey, pretend Tom Hanks is from Brooklyn. New York. I'm going to get you on... You're going to be a star. I can see you're talented, kid. You're intelligent. I'm going to get you on the radio. We're going to get you... You're going to come out... Come, wear these sunglasses. That's going to change your life. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, he goes, look, I want to... I want to go back to, to my to my pals. I want to speak to them first. He's like, I know you are intelligent. Goes back to his pals. Again, Jimmy is a pretty little dick and he's hesitant. But Tom Hanks comes in and he convinces them. He also says, you're not called the Onidas anymore. You're called the Wonders because the Onidas is a dumbass fucking name. And their guitarist is like, huh, like, I wonder where the Onidas went. And I like that joke. Yeah. That made me the guitarist is a character. Again, we can't remember the, his name. Uh, he's basically just a nice dope. Yeah, he's a he's nice a dope. dope with a few quips every now and yeah. then. And also he ends up 
marrying someone in Vegas. <laughs> so they go on tour. They're on the, the Playtone the uh, kind of regional state fair tour, uh, where all the where all the Playtone uh, groups kind of uh, go together and they kind of bundle yes. together in like um, one event. Yes, Keely. Um, Tom Hanks has said to Jimmy, "Do you have a girlfriend?" He says, "Yeah." Oh, at this point, um, uh, Uma Thurman has fucked off. Uh, uh, she has Trace gone. Uh, Is it later? Uh, Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron. Sorry. Yes. Um, uh, Charlie Theron is the dentist. Yes. And, yes. Uh, Fallen in love with a dentist and uh, fobbed a guy off. Uh, Keely Tom Hanks says, "Do you have a girlfriend?" To Jimmy, he says, "Yeah. Well, she can come along as long as she's the costumer." Sure. In inverted commas. So uh, they're on the tour. It's going well. They meet people. People are loving it. You know, they're they're very nice. Uh, Jimmy it's... is continually itching. <coughs> he doesn't want to be on tour. He wants to get back in the studio and record more music. Sure. Uh, whereas but, everyone else is pretty happy and yeah, doing their playing, time. They're making some money. It's a good time. Um, their song starts creeping up the charts. It starts yep. really low, gets into like number 99, but week by week it starts tracking up. And this is not something that normally happens for Playtone. So they're kind of watching out. Uh, at the same time, the guys in the band are meeting different uh, the different musicians. They're learning a bit about the industry. They're being told to make sure you know they watch out, not to kind of give into the bigwigs too much. Yeah, kind of fueling Jimmy and his prickishness. The crowds are loving them more and more. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's going bigger. They're told at the beginning when they go on, literally as soon as you end, you unplug and you get off. You do because, not stay because you're y'all gonna get fucked. There's one time where uh, they're almost mobbed and unable to. So they have to get a police escort. Yeah. Uh, at this point uh, in what will turn out to be important because it's about the only one of like two points that happen in a very important character arc um Faye almost gets left behind and Jimmy doesn't give a shit about her and Guy is the one that goes back to save her that does turn out to be important it doesn't seem important because it's not played as important but yeah Faye is almost left behind and Guy is like no 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 she's with us and gets uh, gets her in so at this point uh, the song is almost has climbed up to uh, be in the top 10 it's now at number 7 in the charts and so Playtone is going to take them off the tour and is instead getting them across to Los Angeles, the city of devils. That's right. They're selling out big time. They're going to go meet the boss. Who's the boss? Peter Scalari. That's right. You hadn't forgotten. We hadn't forgotten. Mr. Bosom Buddy himself. He's eating a sandwich. He's a dick. That's not Peter Scolari. I thought that was Peter, Peter Scolari plays Troy. Is Peter Scolari plays uh, the guy who is the presenter of the that TV show right towards the, right towards the end. Yeah. That is that man looks nothing like That's Peter Scolari. I was surprised. I thought he was wearing a lot of prosthetics. <laughs> no, so yeah, they meet uh, um, they meet a big wig uh, yeah, and yeah, Jimmy like, Jimmy uh, does does a little, little He's like going up to him and like, hey, I want, hey, I'm, I'm Jimmy. You must know me because I'm important. I want to get in the studio. And the guy's like, fuck Fuck off. We don't care about you. Um, Uh, So the important thing is basically what they've been told is they're going to go across. They're going to be in a movie. They're going to do everything but record. And that's pissing off Jimmy. Uh, We forgot a, uh, yes, yeah, they're in a movie. There's a fun scene with them being in a movie. Uh, We forgot a key point, uh, which is brought up in the first meeting with Tom Hanks with the band. Uh, TB has enlisted in the Marines. Oh, yeah. um, And so he's going to have to tour for a little bit and then leave yeah um by august no matter what tv is leaving the band yes uh but so they're booked on to go on this big variety show in uh, on tv after their film appearance on tv in la uh and before that happens uh they're all they're off at a bar you know they're having fun jimmy's still being a pretty little prick uh yeah no and, one likes jimmy and uh, um tb he sees some marines he's like <laughs> well okay Guitarist finds guitarist finds, finds a woman, woman finds and woman gets some money and goes to Vegas. Yes, uh, TB sees Marines, 
gives them, says he'll do press ups for them, isn't seen again. Yeah. That's the end of his fucking storyline. Uh, uh, well, he goes, no, to, he, yeah, he he goes, goes to, to Disneyland, Disneyland with the Marines. Um, uh, and the so this check of this yes, uh, and so Guy is uh, left by himself, uh, and he meets one of his, he as he, was sort he of gets, established he gets, earlier. He, he really loves jazz, jazz. and uh, so he finds um, yeah. he goes to a jazz club. The, 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 he meets the, one the, of his heroes. The guy at the front who kind of uh, the concierge at the uh, front of his hotel who happens to be black is like you like jazz. <laughs> Sticks him in the car, <laughs> sends him off to a jazz club. Yeah, where he, where he meets his hero. Um, Del Paxton. Yes, uh, he also gets very drunk and I believe hits on Rita Wilson. Yes, yes, uh, Rita Wilson. Uh, just gave yeah. literally like six weeks after giving birth yes uh, it, but it's like exclusively eye candy in this film Tom Hanks like sticks her in like a corset and like yeah, yeah. really heavy cleavage six and weeks it's, after she gave yes. birth to his child but it's just it Tom Hanks is just going look how fucking hot my wife is you fucks <laughs> That's our entire role in this movie. Um, but yeah, hits on me Wilson, meet some uh, jazz legends, has a great time. Um, guy, then, he's a little bit hungover. He's called in by Tom Hanks, yeah. and the band is in chaos. Yeah. TB, and the he's off at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, we don't know where TB is, and there's just like a hard cut TB on, going on... Um, uh, like Thunder Mountain, or yes. Like um, the uh, the guitarist is uh, a little bit preoccupied with his new uh, wife, blonde girl. Yeah. No, I don't well, think his girlfriend. His point, yeah. new blonde girlfriend is going to go off to Las married, Vegas yeah, to yeah. get married. Uh, and Jimmy's just, just being a prick. Jimmy's uh, just being a prick. So Tom Hanks, you know, all the way through this film, everyone's basically like, "Guy, you are the heart and soul of this band. Please get here and sort yeah. this shit out." Um, and so the bassist is replaced by uh, Wolf a session, Man. Wolfman, a session musician. Um, they're like, "Are you sure you can do it?" And he just plays a really sick lick on yeah, his basis like yeah I can fucking do it you dumb fucking kids um, so then we get uh, a clear pastiche of the Ed Sullivan oh, show yeah. um, with Peter Scolari as yes. the host um, then, uh, introducing as, uh, Brian Cranston sure. this is when as his. they play it and again all of a sudden they're playing this one song we hear the song probably about 20 times in this yes. film that thing you but, do but you know what it's I, ne- I never tire of no, it no, it's it, a really it, fun song it, it's, it's um, but yeah they're playing that thing you do and they um, kind of go between their faces and each time they kind of go up they uh, yeah, give got, everyone like a catchphrase or kind of yeah you got name. Wolfman uh, you got Shade. he's introduced Guy is introduced as Shades I uh, can't remember what Lenny's introduced as Lenny's just that guy there like, yeah the, the guitarist I remembered his fucking name, Lenny, Lenny the guitarist. Uh, um, and, then and then it says, Jimmy, careful, ladies, he's engaged. Again, a Beatles reference when John Lennon was introduced. Uh, it said, uh, uh, sorry, ladies, he's married or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another little Beatles reference. But Keely, uh, Jimmy is not engaged. No, uh, and he Jimmy is not is happy mad. about it. And you know who Jimmy's mad at? His girlfriend, because his girlfriend has that power, apparently, to put yes. subtitles on Yes, he, he claims she set him up, and now everyone's going to think he's engaged. And fuck her, and she's the worst. Uh, Liv Tyler has a little emotional um, speech where she dumps him. To I gave so many kisses. kisses. Yeah, it's a really weird speech. Like, I wasted thousands of kisses. I wish I hadn't kissed you with my eyes closed. <laughs> It's a very. It's supposed to be emotional and blessed Tom Hanks. He can't. He can't help but write a very silly speech. To to be fair, uh, Jimmy goes in. It's like, what? Am I meant to propose to you? Is that what you want? Because I will never propose to you. Yeah, he's an utter wanker to her. Um, I should have dumped you back in Ohio. Yeah, um, um, and uh, so. 
everyone leaves, everyone's sad, and then uh, yeah, yeah. it's just Guy and Jimmy, and he's like, take off your fucking sunglasses. And he's like, it's my identity. But now they're in the studio. That's right. It's they've the next reached, day. They've reached the uh, the promised land, the studio. But, um, uh, yeah, things aren't going well. Um, Jimmy uh, wants to record a load of sad songs, Yeah, Tom Jim- Hanks is like, read your bloody contracts. You're going to record that thing yeah. you do in Spanish, and you're going to do a load of covers for this album. Yeah. You are allowed and like two, two songs song of your own then- songs. Um, Lenny is still off in Las Vegas. He has not come back. Nope. Um, and the Wolfman is just kind of chilling there. Um, but yeah, so Jimmy goes, okay, I'll go record. Goes up to the mic. I quit. 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 That is actually, walks, that's a surprisingly good imitation yeah, of what he does. Yeah, and then walks away from the mic and then goes back and goes, by the way, I quit. It's very, it's not, again, not supposed to be funny, but I find it. No, it is. Well, and the I quit, the I quit. The actor made that up on the spot. Oh, did he? Uh, yes, that was impressive. Oh, that's, oh, that is incredible because I love that bit. Yeah, yeah. It's genuinely very, very funny, him going, yeah. I quit, I quit. He's got like, I quit, ha, ha, I quit, ha, ha, I quit. And he's like doing this weird little laugh in between other like, quits yeah. and the. Yeah, and he's got like the cheesiest grin on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, then he walks out. He, he walks out. out, Tom Hanks is like, Right, well, you don't have a band anymore, so... so uh, yeah, it's a guy. He's like, so uh, that sucks for you. And he's like, well, no, come on. And he's like, well, well plenty of one-hit wonders in this town. Yeah, yeah. Get it? Because that's their name. Tom Hanks fucks off. Yeah. He's like, uh, you know what? I like you. I think you're great. Also, <laughs> you have to get the fuck out of your hotel room yeah, by this right, afternoon. We, yeah. Um, At this point, um, he starts playing. He just starts playing yeah, on the drum kit. Yeah, he's he's a little bit sad. He's playing his own. Like again, he's a very talented drummer. Yeah. Uh, the guy sitting in the recording booth go like, "Hey, what what do you call that?" Uh, and oh fuck! What's earlier this? in the movie, early in the movie, uh, there was a bit where when they hear the song on the radio for the first time, he shouts, oh, "I'm Spartacus!" I'm Spartacus. Yes, so for no says, fucking reason. It's yeah. very weird. But he says, uh, "I call that I'm Spartacus," and the the recorders are like. You want to lay it down? And he's like, nah, I'm, I'm good. Um, but, but then, who the comes in but jazz. jazz legend Del Paxton? Yeah. Uh, and says, hey, that was, that was really good, kid. Uh, you want to jam? Wanna jam? And then he's, uh, Del says to, to the guys in the booth, like, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you hit record on this one, guys? It's, a re- it's genuinely a really sweet, wholesome yeah, moment. It is. Um, and and uh, like Guy is clearly really excited. He pushes his luck a little bit. Like he's like, "What were you doing here?" And Dell's like, "Oh, I was just recording with Billy Two Shoes and and Dicky the Knob, um, yeah. or whatever the fucking names are." And he's like, "Oh my god, I, I love them." Um, do you want do you want to get them in here? Record <laughs> with them as well? And Dell's like, "No, let's let's lay this down, me and you." Oh. And they play a little track, and it's very yeah, sweet. It's nice. uh, and Dell essentially tells him like, uh, "What well, we learn later when he goes." Uh, and is chatting with uh, someone that Dell tells him he's got a chance. He's a good musician. If he sticks around in LA... Yeah, he'll definitely be like a session musician. Yeah, he's he's talented enough. Um, So he's packing up in his uh, room, and uh, our lovely um, uh, racial stereotype who sends him off to the uh, jazz jazz club uh, doorman uh, says, so uh, the the prickish one, he's uh, he's left, but uh, that that girl, that girl, uh, she's, she's sitting all by herself in the cafe. Setting up... Something that has not been set up at all in this movie. No. Guy goes over to Faye uh, and they have a little chat. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm, he says I can stick around and maybe I'll, maybe I'll do well. So I'm going to stick around here. Are you going to go back? I'm like, yeah. And then he watches her leave and he stares at her. And then he thinks, no. He runs after her. And he says, 
something to the effect. I can't quote it exactly, but something to the effect of when was, when was the last time you were really kissed? Like really, truly, deeply kissed. Now again, firstly, very weird thing to say to someone. Secondly, there has been no establishment of any flirtation or romantic there interest are, between these here's people. Here's my thing. Yeah, I think there are like some subtextual shots of like them looking at each other, and like I read that yeah. into that as that. Yeah. There is nothing spoken. Yeah. There is no. no. They so, don't even have like a drunken flirtation no. at any point. So, it's literally just they look at each other occasionally. Yes. Um. And uh, so yeah, but he says that in what is like no one ever talks about kissing in that way. If he had said yeah. fucked, like a, it would have been a much yeah, creepier yeah. question, but it would have made more sense. Like who says when was the last time you were really kissed <laughs> it makes no sense but then she was like she's like years ago clearly implying that that jimmy never kissed her. fucked her <laughs> um and so he kisses her badly like this is like they very much initially like Smoosh. just slam faces together I get the two dolls and i hate them together yeah. uh, it's a bad kiss very clearly and then Liv tyler takes over and then clearly knows how to kiss yep. um and then they go to the doorman and go hey uh can you look after our stuff because we're gonna go fuck uh, tell while we still yeah, have it yeah, this, right. yeah exactly um they go and that's that's the, the end of the fucking film and like the, uh, the we're wait, forgetting wait. the epilogue yes the epilogue we will get that's the last shot and the last shot is it's essentially just the doorman giving like eyebrows to oh, the he audience. He turns to the camera. Yeah, yeah he fell on he turns to the camera. Onto and the camera like, as though this has entirely been narrated by this doorman, yeah. which it has um, not. Uh, yeah, and that's, yeah, the end is them going and fucking. And then we get an epilogue, which is like in the style of this is what they went yeah, on yeah. to do, which is very odd for a film that's not based on a true story. No, no so I guess it happens. Uh, I, I, we've, I guess you do say it occasionally, but I always think it's a weird thing yeah, to do in Jimmy, a film. Jimmy goes on to form uh, the, the Herdsman. He has uh, two golden records, so he did, they did pretty well together. Then he goes on to be a music producer in LA. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Lenny goes on to uh, get divorced, basically. And yeah, run I think he's twice the, divorced. Twice divorced. Uh, and and runs, runs, runs a casino. casino. Um, TB gets, gets the gold. Shot gets the golden heart. Uh, the purple, purple heart. heart. He gets shot in Vietnam. I yeah. guess the purple heart. Yeah. Um, and, and then uh, Guy and Faye get married and get fucked, have like a bunch of children. And, yes. Um, have four kids. But yeah, uh, weird, weird little epilogue. Weird ending to the film. I, having said that, I find it very sweet. Like, oh yeah, 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 it's a very sweet ending, but it's very odd. So let's talk. Let's talk about this film in general. Um, I enjoyed this film. I, I, I surprisingly enjoyed this film. There's really not much substance to this film no, at all. No, but it's wholesome and it's, mo- and it's, it's fun it's, and it's sweet. It is moderately. It is just enjoyable. Like, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's, you would watch this film and be like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah, like, I would absolutely recommend this to people. It's a very sweet, fun film. There's lots of like little comedic moments, which of course we didn't uh, yeah. didn't mention. But yeah, it's a wholesome film. The song is very catchy. Yeah. Um, the people outside of Jimmy are likable, and Jimmy is a charismatic and dislikable villain. Yeah. Um, what I will say, obviously that, that ending is weird, and there's really not much set up for it at all, and it's very strange. What I've read of the extended version is that it it makes way more sense. 90% of what they add on is character development. So we see a lot more uh, about Lenny um, and his character we see. And we see a lot, lot more about um, Faye and Guy Guy having a little bit more flirtation. We also uh, find out that Tom Hanks' character uh, is gay and having an affair with an NFL linebacker. Yeah, it's a weird little extra bit that's in the, the extended cut. But hey ho, um, I, I think the film's fine for that that to be cut out. So 
I'm, actually, you know what? I'd, I'd, be, interested, I'd be interested to see that subplot. Yeah. It, it's not relevant to the plot at all, but I'd be interested to see it. So in, apparently the extended cut makes for a much better, well, more well-rounded film. It's interesting that the version that I assume you also got it from Amazon Prime. Yes. Uh, is is the theatrical release rather than the extended cut because it's very difficult to get your hands on the theatrical release these days. Most yeah. of what is available other than Amazon Prime is the extended cut. Sure. Um, but yeah, despite those character, those development flaws, I, th- I think that's what it is. Like without those character developments, it's a film with very little meat on it. Sure. It's just a wholesome, fun, hour and 40 minute, just journey through some likable characters yeah, and, and there's n- and there's nothing wrong with that and no, for, a, good. for a writing and directorial debut it's, it's very impressive for Hanks yeah, you know, it's, um, it's it is 100% a slightly throwaway but nonetheless worth your time yeah it, uh, like if, if it's on TV or if like or if you if it ends up on streaming or I, I would I wouldn't necessarily this is one to go out of your way and pay to watch but if it's on TV or, or you find yeah. it on str- something that's free streaming God, if this ever ends up on a streaming service, I'll be impressed. Like, I don't know, like, I understand that a lot of the time they're going to buy in bulk catalogue when it comes to these sort of things, but I, I would be surprised. Yeah. Maybe if, who is this, Universal? Like, if they have a streaming yeah. service, I'll be um, So, for any new uh, listeners, we uh, we would normally establish this before we start uh, talking about sure. the general film, but we have uh, three ratings. We have the film out of five, or can go above five occasionally sure. because fuck the rules uh tom hanks performance out of five again can go above five and the tom hanks dick meter uh out of like a, a five to negative, negative five, five and maybe it also neg- goes above five and also goes below negative yeah five, so yeah you know. it's all fucked now who gives a shit um and then of course we decide whether it goes in its hang bank uh the dick meter is of course our tracking about whether tom hanks plays dicks in his early career and then moves on to play the wholesome characters as he becomes a wholesome figure in society uh for the film we've obviously already discussed our feelings uh i I'd give this a solid 3.5. I think this is yeah. a perfectly enjoyable film. I'd recommend it to people to watch. I can't give 0.5 yes. because I put that upon myself. That was really dumb. This would be a 0.5. Uh, I'd yeah. give it a 3. Yeah. It's really enjoyable. It's not... I literally, it has no, like, worth. No, I literally already put 3 into your... Yeah. <laughs> in, in the spreadsheet before you even said it. I knew you were going to give this a 3. Um, Tom Hanks' performance. It's an interesting one. Um, I think he's potentially clearly distracted a little bit by the fact he is director sure. so i don't think he is fully investing himself as much as we would normally expect him to uh, especially at this time of his career sure. but it's also a bit of a nothing role, role. So it's, it's, it's fine i'd give him a three in it i i i don't think he does anything particularly wrong but he doesn't do anything <laughs> magnificent or right i think my thing is i give him a four if because i feel that it it it, it is a nothing role it is entirely surface and yet i do feel like you get at times um the, uh, the idea that this is a man doing a job. In terms yeah. of, like, in the character, right? Like, he's a business professional. He's going in there. You get that kind of stuff. I think it's good. It's not... It's definitely better than some of his early performances, so I'd, I'd probably like be in, like, a four-ish area. Fair. Um, the Tom Hanks dick meter. <sighs> I quite... Here's the thing. I thought he was going to be the villain for most of his yeah, movies, he's, he's Yeah, he's not the villain, but he's, he's like also... Two, like, he's, he's, he's also a, a He is also a bit of a dick in that, like, he's clearly a predator in a predatory industry yeah, and taking advantage of young kids sure. uh, and not... But not, he's never cruel. That's the he's thing. never really he's cruel. Never and cruel and he never, he never screws them over. No, he, and he clearly does Other like than, Guy. Yeah. He clearly does actually yeah, like yeah. Guy and wants, wants and the best for the him. The only thing that he does that, in, I guess, quote-unquote screws them over is um, he makes them sign a contract where they only get two original songs on the album. But even yeah. then, that's not that ridiculous. Like. Yeah. 
Um, I think I'd agree with you. I think it's a solid two. Yeah. He's, he's a bit of a dick, but not that much of a dick. No, he's not evil. He's no, not. He no, doesn't not torture people. No. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that um, for me uh, gets me horny. So, yeah. um, course, as has been established, the running, the running theme of this is torture makes me hard. Um, <laughs> Alexander, is this going in your Hanks bank? No. Um, it's If it were going to be my Hanks bank, um, I would put it in there as his like, directorial debut and it, as, a, as a feat of history. But I don't, I just, I don't think it would save humanity. Um, I, I think it's fine. I think it's good. But I like the solid middling batting average I gave it. I would say I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Wouldn't See, this is, this is where I come across a problem, Alexander. Sure. Because I enjoyed this film. Yeah. I thought it was very good fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I want to put it in my Hanks bank? I don't think so. Sure. But volunteers, this is my Hanks bank. <laughs> And every week that becomes a worse and worse decision. Oh, so you just need to like bulk out the hands. <laughs> but but even like if I'm just going to take it as a direct comparison, like if volunteers is in my hands, like this has to go in my hands, bank. But but I can't let the errors of my past yeah, determine. Uh, determine the errors of my present. So I'm not putting in my hands, bank. But. When we do eventually come back round to do a uh, a review show, as as we've done, we sort of pause and slow it down. Um, many people may not know that because it's one of our least downloaded oh, yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Go back and listen to Go it. Go back and listen to it. I think it's a fun episode where we review. Uh, it's just before we move into um, uh, Sleepers in Seattle, sure. or no, or League of Their Own. I believe the League. So of that is before Sleepers in Seattle. Sure. One, it's around there. Between there, yeah. Um, uh, where we review sort of his career so far before we get into this incredible stretch of movies uh, and in that yeah we both discussed whether we can remove things from our Hanks bank we did subsequently have a Twitter poll where yeah. uh, it was agreed we can remove certain things from our Hanks bank but probably we have to do some sort of uh, forfeit to do so yeah. so when we get back round to doing that again um, I, th- I think I'll maybe reviewing a couple of decisions Alexander um, but no I, I, I as much as I enjoy this film and I genuinely think uh, people should watch it um, yeah this film is, is not going to save humanity it's a perfectly sure. fun film but it's nothing special so when it's been a while Alexander for both of us to uh, do this yeah, you for both, for both, both of us for last, last week, week you I did this um, and you cried like a damn oh. coward um, uh, when we don't put something in our hands we of course must satiate the aliens and present them something else that may save humanity so what is going to save humanity this week for you Alexander uh, you know, normally I go for very serious things. Oh, but oh, are you going to be a happy, fun, good boy this week, let, Alexander? Let me tell you about what's going to save humanity. Yeah. All right, all right. Back after Desert Storm, a young man came home to rural Alabama. All right, he meets his wife. She's six months pregnant. She's not showing it. They're at a bar. Some guys over in the corner. They're hitting on his wife. He doesn't like that, all right? But he brushes them off. He's wearing his uniform. Don't worry about it. He goes outside. These guys start attacking him. They want to fuck his wife. But he is a killing machine. One guy pulls out a blade. hey He punches him in the nose. It goes back into his brain. He's dead. Uh, his, his lawyer persuades him to take a plea deal to uh, accept that he's guilty. Although he's not really guilty. He was doing it in self-defense. He goes to jail for eight years. Misses the birth of his child. On the day he's released, he gets flown back to Alabama. He's been put in jail up in Arizona. They put him on a plane with some of the worst criminals in the whole of America. And those criminals escape. And Nick Cage has got 
to fix Conair. That's right, I'm putting Conair in my hands bag. Let me tell you what. Because it was made at a time when America was insane. It is a genuinely nutty movie. And uh, it's got flowing locks. Uh, I had a guy, uh, a Miles, uh, friend of real life, not really a friend of the show. Uh, 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 from the South, uh, watched it. I asked him, who is a better uh, Alabama accent in this Tom Hanks on the cage? And he says Tom Hanks. And I think that speaks to the quality wait. of this accent. Wait, sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is Conair, oh, Tom Hanks is in Conair? Yeah. No, no, not Tom Hanks. Uh, uh, Nick Cage. You said Nick, between Nick Cage and... No, uh, who's a, who's a better accent between Tom oh, Hanks and Forrest Gump? Oh, okay, right. And uh, Nick Cage. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great movie, okay? It's dumb. There's a guy called Cyrus the Virus. Steve Buscemi plays a serial killer in it. What's not to love except all the deep, deep conservatism in that movie? It is a really conservative film, and yet a rip-roaring time. Uh, the aliens have watched, I think, fuck Honestly, yeah. this is wild. I never considered that... Instead of showing them the film, we're going to show them to save humanity. We show them another film. Yeah, I never air. considered that. Um, now, Alexander, yeah. uh, I, given many things, uh, I don't often like to bring politics into this podcast. No, I think politics, yeah. you know, our, our, our lives are so dominated sure. by politics. Yeah. If you go back to the beginning of this uh, show, whenever I mention it, for example, that we're mentally fixed back at the beginning, you get telling me not to say that because it would date it. Yes, uh, yeah. um, but yeah, no, I, I I don't like to bring politics in this. I think politics um, affects too much of our daily lives. Sure. And sometimes, you know, people just want an hour of uh, two men shouting at each other. Sure. But given recent events, <laughs> given recent events um, and recent, uh, you know, horrible, you know, weak actions by many, many men in power, what's going to save humanity this week <laughs> is me saying... Fuck the Chinese government. That's right, Alexander. We're not bowing oh, down to God. China like yeah. everyone else in Hollywood. We don't even we... have any downloads in China. Exactly. That's why I'm able to say this. Because if this actually was able to affect me, I probably wouldn't be saying Fair it. Enough. But no, no, I'm a strong man and I'm willing to say fuck the Chinese government. That's what's going to save humanity this week. And so with that, you can follow us on Twitter at HanksBankPod. I promise I will not make any tweets that may cost the NBA multi-millions of dollars on that account um, or you can follow me at Jamie B. Loxon or Al at Al underscore C's underscore stuff uh, rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever download every episode download again download every episode again re-listen again if you want we don't care yeah. but download them that's the important part we want those numbers up baby bother your friends about us please 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 bother your friends about us alright when they're like what podcast should I what listen to you say Hanks Bank when George Takei tweets asking what is his favourite Hanks uh, Tom, uh, Tom Hanks. Hanks film you need to do as friend of the show Nishant did are you tweeted him saying go to Hank's bank they know the answer yep I mean it didn't affect our downloads at all but we we appreciate the effort dear friend yes. Nishant uh, be, a, be a Nishant don't be, be a, a Miles, Miles. yes <laughs> uh, from me Jamie and my co-host that's one more F in the bank free Hong Kong <laughs> 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 <laughs>